Bam, we're live. I had no raw meat prepped, so I just um I just I just had a raw egg. Have you done that? Just crack a raw egg into a little cup and throw it down? No, actually I haven't. I can't I've never there, I've no like opposition to it. I've never just never thought to do it, I guess. It's good. Yeah, I, I yeah, there's there's thing yeah, it, uh, it doesn't taste like anything. I did it for the first <laughs> time last week. There's things that like I haven't done that like it doesn't most, seem unreasonable. Most humans should have done by now. Like I like I've never cut my own hair. It's it's kind of it's kind of hard to say you're a man and you've never cut your hair. Maybe that's why I don't have a gender. I mean, it just seems like a fucking lie. I cut but, my hair just. But I everything. did eat a raw egg. I mean, that's got to count. Yeah, it's like some rocky rocky shit right there. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, I just put. I just. I was just like right after I did. Were you Were you with me on the show with the raw meat guy? Yeah. And I ate the hamburger meat. Oh, oh no, I wasn't on it, but I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It felt so, like I was on it. So, so like right after that, I just threw down an egg and, um, and then it's like a day after that. And then, so today I was in a hurry. I'm like, well, I'm just going to crack an egg into one of my kids, little glass cups. You know what else I'm doing? I'm getting into this thing. I'm phasing out all plastic in my house, like in my kitchen. So I got glass, just glass plates. Yeah. Like see, like I could see through them glass cups for my kids, no plastic shit. The only thing, um, that I have still that's plastic is I got these huge plastic like tumblers that I used to use for roadies. <laughs> yeah. Guilty. Good huge shit. plastic, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. um, do you, what do you do for Tupperware? Do you use Tupperware at all? We, I just get, um, you just use like the glassware. I use the glassware. Yeah. My uh, wife does most of that shit. And if I see yeah. plastic stuff coming around, I'll start like when, when I go to the store, I'll pick up a piece of glassware. Yeah. Um, and you know what else she started using? She hmm. started using wax paper to wrap shit up instead of like tinfoil or cellophane. You can go to like Whole Foods or one of these fancy joints and just buy a giant sheet of wax paper. Yeah. Wrap your cheese in it. Or since Joey's here and we're racist, your tamales in it. And uh, <laughs> and then and then just put it in the fridge and then you can unwrap the tamale and then just rinse off this wax thing and use it again. Yeah. That's genius. You know, and I guess you don't get any oscillates on it. I don't know what those are, but they kill your sperm supposedly and start turning you into a woman. <laughs> Can you say that nowadays? <laughs> o- only on this stream. Only on this stream, Mr. <laughs> Gomez. Joey. What's up, guys? Joey, we got uh, Caleb here. Caleb, Joey. Caleb. You train uh, hard today, dude? Dude. <laughs> fucking beat. I was almost asleep. I had to set an alarm to make sure I didn't miss this. Uh, oh, that's a good feeling to train that hard, right? It is, man. I uh, I need it. I've got so much energy that, like, it needs to go somewhere. Thank God I had, you know, training because I don't know what the fuck I would do if I didn't. Hey, well, there's a little, there's a fan or something in the background. It's not horrible, but I think it's in your room, go, Joey. Do, do you know what it is? It is. It's the radon fan so like the radon levels in my basement are crazy high what's radon me what's radon you know i'd have to fact check myself really quick but i'm pretty sure radon is like in it it's a that uh that will kill you and it's found in like the granite in new in new england and uh like when you go to buy a house you have to get a radon test to see what the levels of radon are and uh, if the levels are too high, they pull a pipe into the ground and they uh, 
you have to pump it out with the fan. There we go. Radon is a naturally occurring radioactive gas that can cause lung cancer. Radon gas is inert, colorless, and odorless. Radon is naturally in the atmosphere in trace amounts. Outdoors, radon disperses rapidly and generally is not a health issue. Most radon exposure occurs inside homes. So so you can't have that shit just go. Okay, so that's like theoretically sucking it out of your house. Theoretically. I'll let you know in 20 years if I have fucking lung cancer. Do you have a radon meter? Is there like one of those? Is there something in your house and you can like be like, oh, shit, we're getting a dose today? <laughs> uh, no, I have not purchased one of those. Oh. But, I mean, it sounds like a sound investment. Um, so, so, so tell me about the workout. And I, I love that feeling of being so, it's almost like, um, when you lay down tonight, your body falls asleep before your mind. It's like, those are like the most, they're almost like you just go straight into lucid dreaming, right? That kind of like work you put in today and what, and what work tell us what you did today. I did two a day. So woke up first loss, so blowing this morning was a workout in its own. So I, I just like layered up snow blowed, right? Which probably burned two, 300 calories in a half an hour. But you hand push this thing. We're in California. You put, it's like a lawnmower, but it throws snow on your neighbor's yard. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you hate, you can you point that thing wherever you want? Yeah. You got to shoot. You can point it. You can change the, the trajectory of, of the snow. Yeah. Brad, I'm actually from California as well. Originally from uh, Southern California. Um, Marietta and okay. uh, I moved out here to New England because my wife is uh, from this area and I was just like what I was like you mean I gotta buy a thousand dollar machine to fucking move snow like why it's is this so law, you have to have that right by law you have to do your sidewalk or some shit uh no there's it's oh. no places law. it does Dude, snow 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 shoveling uh, like a big driveway is horrible uh but yeah, so snow blowing is a thing, and uh, it's pretty arduous. It can be slippery, and then uh, so from there I went to the gym. I worked out from uh, yes, dude. Look at that dope. Uh, yeah, you got the two auger. You got like the the augers. It's a two auger system, and it throws it. It's pretty red. Uh, then I went to the gym, trained hard uh, with my team and my coach. Did a lot of mitts. Did uh, some conditioning rounds. Was just like mainly focusing on uh, specifics for the fights, like fight specifics, co- like specific combinations and specific counters to things we're anticipating that we're going to see during the fight. And then it was about sweating. So you know what I mean. Threw some abilene on, which is actually makeup remover, which opens your pores and allows you to sweat more. Right. And threw on the sauna suit and wow, sweat man. I've interviewed a bunch of fighters. No one's ever told me about Abilene. Oh, dude, Abilene's the best. You can is only that a secret, or does everyone know it? Uh it's a trade secret for sure. Hey, it's crazy when I look at who you fought. You fought. Oh, there he is, Dylan Val. Holy shit! I'm a huge fan of Gomez. It's blasphemous because Jeremy Pender is a local legend, but this man is undeniable. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Dylan. You the man. Uh, it's crazy to look back at your career, man. It's crazy. I had this friend from out of town who I haven't seen in a couple of years swing by my house tonight to watch the fights. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him I was doing a sh- And he, he got me into UFC like, I don't know, 
six, seven years ago. I just missed like the GSP era. And as soon as I told him I was going on with you, he knew exactly who you were. And he started talking about all your fights and shit. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah. And it's crazy. And, uh, and you fought Rob Font also, right? I did. I did. Trained with Rob Font too before the fight. Yeah. Nuts. It was cool. Yeah, dude. Rob is a, Rob is a stud. You know, I'm a huge Rob Font fan too. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's going to be the best in the world. He's going to be champ. It's only a matter of time. You know, he's got a great camp behind him. Uh, they're doing huge things for the sport right now in New England. And, you know, they're they're doing it. And I, uh, yeah, to be able to share that the, the cage or the octagon with with Rob was was amazing. Was yeah. Really um, who did he just fight? Oh, gosh. They had that war. Oh, yes. Yes. Holy shit. Hats off to, uh, I mean, no disrespect to Aldo, but I thought Font was going to, I mean. Was it Font? Or I'm sorry, was it Aldo? Or was it Aldo and Cater? I mean, Cater and Font have been just just in these bloodbaths. We lost. Both of them are studs, dude. Yeah, crazy. How far is your training camp from their training camp? Uh, they're in Boston. I'm about hour and a half away from them. Okay. Um, you went, um, you went black by the way. I think you like answered the phone or looked at a text message or something. Looking up fonts topology really quick. Oh, you got to make Caleb do that. You can take his job. Uh, it was, it was. Which of those sites do you prefer what to do your research? You like topology or sure dog? Uh, you know, SureDog back in the day was the bee's knees, man. Like if, like if somebody was talking some shit at the bar, I'm like, oh, I've, I've got fucking thirteen professional fights. They're like, oh yeah, what's your? Are you on SureDog? What's SureDog? Like, full shut up. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, Tapology, Tapology is cool because they break it down with metrics, and they've got like links, and that you know they've got bar graphs, and you know. It gives you a little bit more, like, you know, it shows you the rankings of, of where they are in the region, so on and so forth. So both have their 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 perks, you know what I mean? Plus, you can use one to bounce the other off to make sure you're looking at the right guy and you've got the right record. Dudes would say that. You've seen, like, like I've heard of Stolen Valor where dudes say will say they're in the military or something, but dudes would say that about fighting? Oh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, especially if you're in, like, a big fight town. You know what I mean? Like dudes out of dudes that in, in Temecula all the time were like, Oh, you know, I fight for team quest. And like, we were all team quest guys. And like, come on, dog, shut up. Stop it. <laughs> I'm sure all the time down there in Jack or, uh, Albuquerque with Jackson wings or ATT, you know, down there in coconut Creek. Dude's just trying to be hard. I mean, I mean, I can't really fucking blame him. Who doesn't want to be a badass? You know what I mean? Right. And, and especially if you can get the credit for it and not have to do the work. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Um, you are going in the ring after how much time off? It's been like, I think my last fight was like September 2016. Five years. Five years and some change, dude. Do you remember why you got into fighting? Oh, to get free drinks at the bar and laid, man. Come on. Hey, that's why, that's why Zuckerberg created Facebook. <laughs> True story. I, like straight up, I was just young and reckless, and I was twenty years old, and 
just came back from war and I needed a positive outlet. You know what I mean? And I freaking, uh, I got myself in so much stupid trouble for no reason, just because I was being stubborn. And one of my sergeants was like, yo, you know, there's like gyms where you can go and fight people. Like you don't just have to keep being everybody up in the barracks. I was like, what the fuck do you mean? And he was like, yeah, you should, you should go to the bear. You should go check out like an MMA gym. I was like, all right, <laughs> let's go. So I, uh, this is funny. I haven't said this story in a long time, but I walked into this gym. It was called Island Boxing and Fitness. And it was in a Bluff- Island, Island Boxing, Island Boxing and Fitness in Bluffton, South Carolina. It was, it was run by Misen Corbray at the time before he opened up uh champions training center in Savannah, Georgia. And I walked into this gym and I was just like, I want to be on your next fight card. And he was just like, all right, uh, how much training you got? I was like, well, I wrestled in high school and I'm in the Marine Corps, so I'll be fine. And he's like, all right, tough guy. Why don't you come to, uh, why don't you come to pro practice? We'll see what you got. I was like, perfect. So I show up to fight to, uh, to pro practice or to fight team practice. And like, I'm watching all the guys come in and I'm like amping myself up. And these dudes beat the shit out of me. Like they pummeled me and, uh, it was a very, very humbling experience. And, uh, but I didn't give up and I stood in there and I, I held my own for, you know, what I thought I was capable of. And Miss Emma was just like, yeah, man, he's like, you, you're tough and you got a ton of heart. Just keep coming up. And from then I was just hooked. I was in the gym six days a week. I just was obsessed and, uh, became very, very successful. You're, you're not in the Marine Corps anymore. No, once a Marine, always a Marine, but I'm no longer in active duty status. And, and when did you go into the Marine Corps? Jeez. Uh, June 2004. How how old were you, Caleb? In two, when did you go into the Air Force, Caleb? Uh, I was 24. Okay. So it was, that was 2018. 2018. Holy shit. Crazy. Yeah. Caleb, it's, 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 it's so cool that you guys did that. Are you stoked you did that? Caleb's still in the Air Force. Are you stoked you were a Marine? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm uh, super proud to have been able to have served my country and to be a part of that brotherhood and legacy and, and you know, the whole spirit of the Corps and everything. You know, Marines are, are – we've been accused of being a cult. You know, just – you just got to know. You, it, it, is, it is what it is. And, and how long were you in? Uh, seven years and some change, almost eight. I did four years, uh, active duty. And then I did like three and some change in the reserves. Oh, that's right. I saw that. I was wondering that I saw that in your Instagram You were in the yeah. reserves. and you're not in the reserves anymore. No, I got out. Could you be called up with this, with this shenanigans that's going on now in the Ukraine and, and now Germany's getting their, putting their toe in there. Could you, could once you're in the reserves, can they, I've, for some reason, I feel like I've heard stories of dudes who get called back into the reserves. So when you get out off of active duty, so not all, but the majority of uh, military contracts, you do four years active and you do four years inactive, right? So you go uh, in in the Fleet Marine Corps Force or you go uh, whatever you're doing, right? You got four years active duty and then your four years inactive are in the IRR, the Individual Ready Reserve, where if in a time of crisis, within that four year period, they can bring you back in. But my time has since been passed, like, you know, being a total of eight years after eight years, it would have to be like, you know, 
dire circumstances. And if that were the case, I would, I would volunteer. You know what I mean? No, I don't know what you mean. I, I, I have none of that fucking badass that you got in you. I'd be over here like, hey, but send your wives and children over here. I'll guard them in the basement. <laughs> thank you for your service, Mr. Gomez. Fuck, thank God for men like you, dude. Holy shit. Um, and so um, you're, you haven't fought since 2016. You won your last fight in the UFC, right? I didn't. I you didn't? In the UFC. My only two losses in my professional career came from when I was in the UFC. Oh, damn. Okay. Good job doing your research, Sevon. And so then you, you, you leave and you're 29 and a half and you leave because you told your wife that by 30, you will have either what been champion or have gotten a real job or. Uh, so I told, we do, we were, I, holy I, shit. Rob Font's one of your losses in the UFC. That's nuts. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I'm, Joey Gomez has a fight on March 4th. It's a comeback fight. I don't know if you call it a comeback fight. He's fighting for, for the first time since 2016. Um, he is a badass. Um, they called him Joey K.O. Gomez. And this guy, I don't I don't know who Jose is, Al Alberto Quinoze, but Rob Font is a assassin. He basically he basically kicked Cody Garbrandt out of the division, right? Yeah, that was a rough fight. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, I like Cody, but congrats to Rob. Rob, like, said bye-bye. Dude, Rob, I, I'll tell you what, man. I've never been jabbed so hard in my face, and, like, I was not prepared for it. And uh, UFC gloves, I, I don't know what they're made out of, but it feels like like hard wrestling mat, like cold wrestling mat in the morning. Mm. Like, if you ever wrestled and you stepped on a wrestling mat when it's cold, that shit fucking hurts, man. And uh, he popped me so hard, and I just remember I audibly was like, ow. <laughs> he kind of looked at me. He's like, are you for real right now? I was like, Yo, that shit hurt. Like, don't do that. Oh, that's awesome. Dylan, you were in the were you in the Marines too? Hey, if he says this to you, does that mean he's in? he was in the Marines? Semper Fi. That's uh, crazy. Semper Fi is uh, always faithful. It's the Marine Corps motto. Can, can non-Marines say that to you? I mean, they could, it's, it's just, a, it's a, it's, but it's normally reserved for Marines. You know what I mean? It's, dude, there's a whole, there's a whole culture. Like, you know how it is. Like yeah. every, in every gun club has its culture, you know? Yeah. We're, when I worked at CrossFit, every single fucking dude there was, uh, on in, in the, in the, at CrossFit headquarters, it seemed like was either in the service or was just out of the service. It was just Marines and Navy dudes and air force dudes, everyone. And then it was me, this fucking Berkeley tree hugging hippie, just getting a fucking lesson in life by these real men. Um, and, um, so why, if you, you fight, you're fighting in the barracks and then now, why do you fight? Why? Like, has your, has your, why changed? Like, what's the always changing. That's part of, that's part of the journey of martial arts. You know what I mean? And like, uh, like I said, when I first started fighting it was to get free drinks at the bar noticed. And, and, you know, and then it turned out like I was kind of good at this. I was like, well, let's see how far I can take it. You know what I mean? And then I set my goals. I set my goals for myself and started marching towards those and started smashing those down. And, and then, you know, and then, you know, we started talking rankings and, you know, it turns out that I have an uh, an uncanny ability to knock people unconscious for my size, which is which is a gift. And 
you know, then it was like, well, you know, you, you, let's fight for belts. And then, well, championships started coming into talk. And then, you know, my, the, a manager, I said, I got, I got a manager, then I got a publicist, you know, then I had a nutritionist, a strength and conditioning coach, you know, boxing coaches, Muay Thai coaches, MMA coaches, you know, and like, I became a little business and it's like, all right, well now it's, you know, then I got called up by the UFC and it's just like, whoa, you know, like it turned into, it turned into, it turned into something that I did because I needed an outlet and, and it turned into like a profession, you know, where eating clean and working out and, and all that stuff was important and part of my daily life. You know, it already was it's and still is part of my daily life, but now I was getting paid to do it, you know? So it was, it was just a crazy transition, you know? And, but like why I fight now versus why I fought back then, it's always been a test against myself, you know, and it, it's physical chest against another person, but I mean, I can't control what that other dude's going to do. I got to control what I'm going to do. You know, there's more at stake now. One hundred percent. In what aspect? You, you talking about from a, from an age standpoint, or are you talking about uh, uh, f- family? Yeah, family, well, people, loved ones. I'm guessing when you started fighting, you didn't have kids. Now you have a daughter. You're clearly obsessed with by your Instagram. You just love her to pieces. And um, it's it's like someone was telling me the other day, and I couldn't agree more. Like, no, there should be no fucking leader in the world. If you don't have kids, if you don't have kids, I don't want to hear your fucking opinion really much on anything. Go back to work. Mm. And uh, so like I, because kids can make you selfless in a way that I, I don't like maybe only death can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, man. Because <laughs> you're willing to die for your kids. And so in that regards, like you have more on the line, right? Like, yes, I have always like. I've always. I have a, I have a saying people like, Oh, you gamble, like never with, uh, never gambled my money always my life. You know what I mean? And I like, I stand by that. Like you've got to be a little off your rocker to lock yourself in a cage and fight somebody, you know? And then to do it at the level that I have done it at, I'm it's like less than 1% of fighters make it to the UFC. So, and there's like less than a, percent of the population is a fighter so you're talking about a percent of a percent oh yeah it's got to be even less than it's got to be just minuscule so and i'm not here to like gas myself up or 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 inflate my own ego lord knows i don't need any help doing that but like i don't i don't feel like i'm in danger when i'm doing that man i've been doing it for 15 years i've been fighting i've been actively trying to fight people and become efficient with the movements and of fighting people for 15 years. That's a decade and a half. Yeah. You know, so. What happened between 2016 and 2021? What, what, what's, what, um, were you still training on the reg? Oh yeah. Um, Never t- tell me about, tell me about that. All the training still grappling, jujitsu, striking. Yeah. The whole Muay Thai judo, just, just in it. Yeah, man. I just, like I said, I, I took a, di- I, there was a brief hiatus that I took, you know, for probably six, seven months. I didn't step on the mats. Everybody, I just was gone and I was getting my, I was getting my life right, man. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like I said, uh, I met my wife and 
I told her, this is what I was going to do. Don't try to stop me. And she respected that. And she supported me. Uh, you know, like everything else we had, it, it, there were ups and downs, but, uh, I told her that if I didn't get signed, that I would, by the time I was 30, that I would look at retiring and, and get serious about getting a career and providing her <laughs> adequate life that she deserved. You know, not that we weren't living, you know, an adequate lifestyle, but you know, we were, we were strapped, you know, I was chasing a dream. And, uh, so I did. I got real serious with, uh, you know, getting into management level for in the uh, transportation, like uh, diesel mechanics. So I signed with Cummins as a shop foreman. And from there, I kind of just took off as far as, you know, specializing in the diesel, you know, repair world and uh, made a name for myself doing that. And, you know, my quality of life increased to the point where I wasn't strapped you know, and living, you know, penny for penny, paycheck for paycheck. And uh, I went back into the gym and I kind of fell love, back in love with it. And, you know, there's something to say, be said about that. Cause you know, like I was talking about having a publicist and a manager and this and that, and it was great, but it, it kind of took away from it all. Like it, it, it became a job, you know, and it's hard to balance all of that. And that's the hardest thing that that's what was the most difficult part for me when I had, when I started a family was balance. You know, we, me and, and the missus fought about that so much. She's like, you need to balance. You need to find a way to balance it all. Like you can't be gone six days a week in the gym for seven and a half hours a day and then come back when you're dog shit tired and you, you know, I, I, and aren't helpful around the house. I'm like, all right. So, you know, I think that I could have under different circumstances, I could have probably achieved you know, what I did and some, and some, but it just, you know, it wasn't in the cards for me. Um, Joey, I don't, I don't think, I don't think great people have balance. No, let me rephrase that. Let mm. me rephrase that. I don't think, because oh, everyone's great. I don't think people who achieve greatness have balance. What like, are like, like to be a mate of a, To be a mate of someone who comes to the, t the top of their game, like like if you're if you're dating Elon and he fucks your sister, like you got to be cool with it. <laughs> you didn't Elon, he fucks your brother, you got to be oh, cool I with it because like he whatever's making that that he's he is the ultimate Diesel Cummings machine, right? He is like humming, putting out the most horsepower, the 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 most efficient, the strongest, the best, the best. And if you, at that at some point you're along for the ride. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I, that, that's how I think. I mean, it's tough, man. It's tough. There's no um, being a mate to a to a, the people at the top. I mean, it's got it's it, it's a, it's a they they should have a hall of fame, right? For real. This was Abraham Lincoln's wife. This was Hugh Hefner's <laughs> first wife. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like this is Conor McGregor's chick. We've seen her just go through four. She just had like four kids while we watch him punch old dudes out at the bar. I mean, like. So someone like it's nuts. Yeah, man, hey. it's crazy. It takes shit. I choose a special type of woman to fucking put up with my shit for sure. Yeah, it, it's um uh in these in these six years. Well, for, let me talk. I would talk to you about Cummings engines real quick. Are those amazing engines? Cummings is a good engine. I mean, all engines have their problems, you know. So uh, I'm particularly 
fond of Cummins because I grew up wrenching, like I cut my teeth on Cummins engines, the ISB, ISC, ISLs, and then, you know, the ISX-15. Ah, the ISX-15. Oh, okay. You better look that shit up. ISX-15. And, uh, but I'm also a huge Detroit Diesel fan too. So if you had to ask me my preference, I mean, I can take the, I can take a part of a Cummins, a Cummins engine with my eyes closed pretty much. But like, I, as far as like Detroit Diesel did it right with like the DD15 and the DD13, well, the way they uh, kind of made it like a modular setup, like it's easier to take apart than a Cummins. And it's easier to, so the turnaround time, like you can tear down a Detroit Diesel, I think, faster than you can like an ISX. Where are these guys based out of? Uh, Cummins is in the Midwest somewhere. Yeah, I want to say I drove by their factory one time. This huge James, Jamestown, yeah, Jamestown Cummins. Oh, that's named after the town. Ta- the town's named after them, or they're named after the town. Uh, J- the Cummins plant is in Jamestown. Oh, um, as you work on these over the years, like you said, you could do it with your eyes closed. Is there stuff that you see that you want to talk to the engineers? You're like, yo, dude, if you just switch oh. this with this and tweak that, like, what the fuck? Why is that screw over there? You could have put it over there. Why is that a hex? That should be a, is there stuff? Oh yeah. There's all the times, dude, there's a huge rivalry between the engineers and the mechanics that, and the technicians that fix them. Like if we could flush them in, or uh, flick them in their fleshy patch that they call nuts. every time. <laughs> take something apart you're like why would you design it like this why do i have to do six hours of work to get to one injector like oh sometimes they shoehorn these engines in there like you got to lift the cab up to get to the rear injector it's such a pain in the nut or you're trying to set the top in and you're underneath the cowl and you drop a wrench Ugh. uh dylan um uh says big reason why i'm a fan this man is beyond legit awesome grab seven thank you you know i i don't so I'm on a fucking mad podcast here. And by the time people like circle into the queue and I'm about to do a podcast with them, I can't even remember how it happened, but um, I'm starting to get a little bit of a big head and um, this guy. And so someone DM me and they're like, Hey, you should have my boy, Joey Gomez on. He's going to fight on the fourth. And I go over and look and I'm like, okay, yeah, he's not fighting in the UFC. He's not fighting in Bellator. Fuck it. And then this dude's like, dude, you got to hear that. You got to talk to this dude. You're going to like him. And then something I was just like, all right, it's a fuck. I'd love to talk to him, and I'm already thirty minutes in, and I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm so glad I'm talking to you, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get some people on here. It's like fucking pulling teeth. Oh, I can only imagine. I had Volkanovski on here, and I, and he was a nice guy, but there was none of this. We're not like, we're not shooting the shit. Well, for sure, we're not 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 for sure. What are you talking about? For sure, not for sure. Like, I want to shoot this shit with them. I want to talk about like why the fuck he lives in a country that has fucking a month quarantine. Dude, what the fuck's going on over there right now, huh? It's Caleb, hot. Caleb, could you be sent to the Ukraine? Mm, I don't know. It's not right now. It's not likely. Uh, it's five I minutes mean, possible. I mean, Are dudes freaking out on the base? Like, like have they told? Has that what? What do yeah. you know? Has anyone told you like pack your shit up and get ready? No, we've had the whole like, hey, war is happening. Like we've had that whole conversation um, and a lot of people are like a lot of the women that I work with are like, well, time to get pregnant. And then oh. kind of joking. <laughs> and then uh, pretty much everybody else is like kind of panicking. Either they have significant others who are already deployed or they're just they just don't want to go over there themselves. So 
Oh, dude, what a great thing to do. Like if you're a general, just tell all the women you're going to go to war just as a gift to all the men at home and all the dudes are just <laughs> you, smash dude. raw dog for the next month. I'm sure a lot of women will hate me for saying that. But at the same time, a lot of women agree. Like a lot of them are like, dude, I just joined for the school. Like I give a fuck. Dude, we, if women, if you're offended by that, shut the fuck up. Because if we were women, we'd be doing the exact same thing. So don't like, we're envious. We're saying uh, envy, not. Guy, you need to get a fucking t-shirt that says free mustache rides and jump on the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at that thing. It's hard to tell. Caleb, you should have just pulled your shirt up right there and you got your sweatshirt and you got one underneath that says it. I, I wish. I wish. I did not have one. <laughs> Um, wh- where were you deployed to, uh, Joey? Uh, I did two tours to Iraq and then one PATCOM tour. So we went to uh, Okinawa, Japan, and then we went to mainland Japan. Uh, but but you did two tours to Iraq, and 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 that's like that's Japan. You're going there like to to eat sushi. To uh, Iraq, you're going there to uh, sleep on dirt and eat. What are those things you guys eat? MRIs, REMs, EIMs, MREs. MREs, yeah, yeah, damn. Yeah. I was deployed in uh 2005. I'm sorry, 2006, 2007, and then 2008, 2009. And how long uh, to- in total time were you over there? Uh, 18 months, nine months of pop. No shit. Yeah, man. I was a young buck, dude. 19. How much do you weigh right there? Uh, 160. 160. Wow, yeah. you look you look lean. And and how much does the joy we're looking at right now weigh? one forty three point seven as of my last workout. Oh man, you look you look heavier now than you did in that picture. <laughs> it must be the camera then, dog. I'm skinnier than I've ever been right now. Holy shit! Uh, when when and, and you're going down to one thirty five? Yeah, I got to cut to one thirty five. I'll be one thirty five Thursday. And if people want to watch the fight on Thursday, it is on UFC Fight Pass. You have to own, you have to be a subscriber to Fight Pass to see it, right? Yes, it's, you can do a month for a, a month trial. It's nine ninety nine, and then you know you watch the fight. Obviously, I'm going to encourage everybody to uh, to keep UFC Fight Pass, and so when I fight again, they can tune into that. And uh, tons of when great- you fight when you fight again, yeah, when I fight again. Okay, lots of doors opening. Lots of doors opening. <laughs> Um, so March 4th, what do you know what time? Uh, fight start at seven. I'll probably be somewhere in the, the main card. So I probably won't fight till like eight, you know, maybe even nine. Depending uh, and that's East Perrin. Coast time. Yeah. On the East coast with pairing out of the, uh, of, of the card, there's one fight less. So. Okay. I'll be watching. I have fight pass. Of course. Business deduction. So. Uh, so you, you take this fight, um, and how does this fight come about? Do, is your agent from back in the day still your agent, and did you give him a call, and they're like, hey, Joey Gomez, here's Joey, long time, and he thinks you're asking for money, but you're asking for another fight? <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, my manager, Big Tim, Tim O'Connor, shout out to Big Tim, man. I hope everything's well with you, my dude, if you're watching. Uh, I think he got out of the game after after uh, we stopped, after I had retired. Uh, but we had opened a gym during COVID. Uh, gym's called Karatsu Tengu Academy in uh, Nashville, New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, we had been looking you for... You and Tim. You and Tim O'Connor opened it? Myself and Walter Cotito. My bad. Okay. Okay. So Walter Cotito and I 
uh, started a gym, Karatsu Tango Academy, uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. And uh, it was like legitimately in November of 2020. So like right in the thick of it. And uh, we, we got a good, strong group. We, we jumped all through the hoops and we became very, very successful. So much to the point now where like we can't, we can't get our fighters fights anymore. Like our guys are just, our amateur team has destroyed the local scene. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been so rewarding and fulfilling to watch these young guys come out there and, and to, you know, to watch them, you know, just start their, their martial arts journey and, and to see them be successful. It, it's been great. But uh, I've been training and getting all these kids ready for fights and I'm, you know, I'm taking shots and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm coming up, beating up. My buddy JC knocks out my tooth. Look at this shit. Dog. Oh, shit. Yeah. Fucking asshole. I got the tooth over my fucking cabinet, too. I saved that shit. Hey, um, do, uh, no, you don't wear mouthpiece or mouth guard? Doesn't matter. I do in the top, not on the bottom. Okay. Put that shit yeah. in milk and take it to the dentist. Dude, I- <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that's good. She's got to go. Don't you got TRICARE? Come on. Dude, and I, yo, I toughed it out for like a little bit. Like he cracked my tooth. My face got all swollen and infected. And the missus is like, yo, your, your face has a face. You need to go. <laughs> it was fucked. I did the same thing with my elbow. I got, I got swept. I was doing, uh, uh, I was like, hold on. Let me finish one story. So, oh, I, so I got swept on my elbow. My elbow got infected. And I was like, no, I'm not getting seen. I'm not getting seen. Just rub some fucking dirt on it. Kept going to work. It's like three weeks later, my elbow's like three times the normal size. Like if I wiggled my arm, like there was just just this mass. It was just. Do you wrench? Are you right-handed? I am right-handed. So does that hurt at work when you're wrenching and your elbow's all fucking pussy and you're you're working on an engine? Oh, yeah. It was miserable. Okay. Okay. Good. (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. Uh, and 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 so 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 because you're going through these because you're a hands-on coach at this gym that moved into this spot that's now 5,700 square feet, right? You, what your second or third location? Second location. Second location. It's killing it. You're in Nashville, New Hampshire. You always have to say that, right? Nash. Ooh. Yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, and you always have to say Nashville, New Hampshire. People would just think you're in, in Tennessee, right? Nashua. Oh, Nashua. Nashua. Yes, sir. Nashua. Okay. And then, um, I, hey, I don't mind the keystrokes, Caleb. I like the keystrokes. It makes me feel like you're smart. I'm telling you, whoever said they don't like the keystrokes, I like the when you start typing. I feel like we are like it's a real fucking podcast. Like, holy shit, we really are taking over. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Uh. So. Um. So you're getting beat up and you're putting in all this hard work and, and that that either that gave you the taste for it. You're like, oh, I'm still tough enough. Or you're like, well, if I'm putting in the work, I might as well cash the paycheck or exactly. like which one? Like if I'm going to be taking shots, I might as well be getting paid for it instead of just, you know, you know what I mean? And like it's something special, too, to say I'm also doing it, you know, to promote the gym 100 uh, percent, but also to. To, it's for the it's also for the kind of for the culture of the gym too you know it's very very like yo this is a fight gym like if you come here like are you gonna get in shape yeah but you're gonna learn how to fight too and the right. shit teaching you isn't you know that you're gonna learn on you know krav maga my mom.com 
<laughs> they teach you shit that's gonna fuck people up. And Krav Maga, my mom. A There's a market for that. And uh, like, I think you got two sites mixed up. I think you got the bang bus mixed up with the with the. With I mean, the... want to do Krav Maga with somebody's mom? <laughs> this is real. In their basement. <laughs> In their oh basement. shit. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, and, and and did your agent? So so then, you who do you reach out to? Who, who do you 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 just pick? You just know agents because they're in the gym and managers for the fighters you have, and you're like, yo, hook a brother up. Walter currently right now. Walter Petito is currently managing all the fights right now. He's finding everybody's fights. He's doing the negotiations. You know, he's and he's your business partner in the gym too. So you trust the dude? Correct. He's my best friend. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Me, are, like, are you concerned about that friendship being in business with your friend? No, because I, it's not the way that I've broken it down. And, mm. I, and I thought about that because you have to, anytime you do business and everybody warned me about doing business with friends and family and et cetera. And I've, I've been burned before in the past, but, uh, the way that it's structured, it is, uh, I'm not doing this to make a buck or to make any money. I'm doing it because I'm building a legacy. You know, and what better way to do that than with my best friend that was there on the on the scene with me? Yeah, that was there for me for everything, for anything that I needed when we came fight time. He was always there for me, so I'm paying it forward. Uh, you know, I had my time in the spotlight, and now this is his time. You know, and uh, and I just want to be a part of the journey, man. That's what martial arts is. It's about giving back and and sharing knowledge and and getting better. Hey, have you made it through the last two years with him? Then, then you could make it through anything. One hundred percent. Because Dude, the shit, the okay. shit that's the shit that's. Uh, I don't know where you fall on this, so I apologize. Maybe a little bit, but the shit that's like these these motherfuckers that like want me to wear a mask and want me to get vaccinated. Like, I, I'll stay out of your fucking life. Do whatever you want. Mm. Take twelve vaccines. I don't give a shit. Kill yourself. Love yourself. Just uh, leave me alone. I'm cool. For I'm sure. Full of shit. I don't eat added sugar. I work out every day. I don't eat refined carbohydrates. I stop the car and help old ladies cross the street. I'm cool. We're, we're, <laughs> I'm chill. For I'm sure. a good dude. You know, and, um, but, but, but these, um, uh, my kids go to a jujitsu gym and I saw how, and they, they've been going for like three or four years. They're little, I have little kids, two five year olds and a seven year old. And I saw half that gym fucking clear out because like they, because they wanted everyone to be fucking masked. I'm in California. They wanted everyone to be maxed up and double and triple vax. And it's like those, like all, I have tons of friends who are vaccinated, but there's a group of my friends who aren't my friend anymore because I'm not vaccinated or yeah. I don't wear a mask or I won't test before I come to your wedding. And so like the fact that you made it through with your buddy, somehow either you guys see eye to eye on everything, or you guys are both just cool as shit and really accepting people. Uh, I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, sure. that's nice. And that's uh, nice. And in New Hampshire is the, I mean, the state models live free or die. You know what I mean? So. Is it, is New Hampshire a real liberal state? What's up? Is New Hampshire a real liberal state? You know, I think it's a blue state. If yeah. I, I'm in California and it's crazy blue. And I was liberal as fuck until like, they started like acting like, like they weren't like, like we're supposed to be dirt twirling hippies. Like you're supposed to be able to walk around naked. Yeah. Well, dude, I not be scared of fucking like some like uh, I don't know what whatever it is. We I don't we don't, my kids don't even wear shoes. I thought it was peace, love, and 
make out with everyone. Voters predominantly selected Republicans for national office during the 19th and 20th centuries until 1992. Since then, the state has been considered as a swing state. Oh, they go both ways. Ah, both ways. <laughs> they go both ways in my state too. That's why it's supposed to be so welcoming and loving. <clears throat> so, like everybody, kind of just wants to be left the fuck alone in New Hampshire. Yeah, you know what I mean, oh, good. That makes me so happy. Good, dude. I mean, in the state, it's a fairly large state. And there's only like, I think it's like 1.5 million people is the population of the entire state. So you're talking LA is the state. Like when you put it into perspective, it's. We uh, mass holes took over Southern New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> you're a good dude, Chris. Even though you're a mass hole, you're a good dude. I love you. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, Walter is a sick fighter too. Oh, is, is Wal Walter gets at it? Walter, I guess. Ask you, bro. I, we call him all day Walter Cotito. That dude has like, I'd like, I'd be curious to see what like his VO two max levels are. I've got another kid right now. Joe Peters is the same man. Joe Peters is a freak of nature. He's a, uh, two Oh five pounder, light heavyweight that never gets tired. It's just the most athletic kid. And he's 18. So we're, wow. We're just scratching the surface with what he's going to be able to do. But is that the worst thing that can happen to you in a in a cage is running out of gas? It, sa it sounds absolutely terrifying. Like I, I was watching the fights tonight and I saw a girl run out, a young lady run out of gas in there. And I was like, oh, fuck. It sounds like just a nightmare. It's tough. I mean, you are, everybody's you you're all going to gas. But like when you gas so hard that like you can't. When you gas so hard that you see the punches coming, but you're physically not able to get out of the way. <laughs> like you can't even try to get yeah. out of the way. Uh. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it, right? Oh, uh, Yeah, I mean, it's like you're like move and you can't. And you just suck and win. <sighs> oh, my goodness. But. Oh, my goodness. I mean. If you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail, right? Do 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 people have a are there people who are just better at that? Who just like you you hear like just have like just you just have a be better lungs or better engine or better ability, better efficiency, better red blood cells. I don't know what it is. Yeah, man, people's ability to break down. So I've you know, I'm gotta be careful how much I say here. Uh but I know that there's like people's ability to absorb oxygen is different. Yeah. And I also know like there was a huge, I think recently a study I was talking to one of my buddies at the gym about who for so many years and for decades, people have always contributed that, that burning sensation in your muscle with lactic acid that uh -huh. in the muscles. Yeah. The soreness, which is why you take the glutamine to dissipate the, the lactic acid. Well, I guess there's a new study that says it's not really lactic acid. So Assuming that we're operating on the pretense that lactic acid is indeed what causes your muscles to gas the fuck out, some people have the ability to break that acid down faster. You know, mm. and so, uh, yeah. Oh, look, there's our newest sponsor down there, California Hormones. Do you see that? Will added that in the graphic. Do you see that, Caleb? Yeah, I do. Barbell That's Jobs, nice. California Hormones, and Paper Street Coffee. Damn, we're like... You guys You're are doing it, time, dude. Oh my, I can't even believe it. Three whole sponsors. Actually, I can't believe it. <laughs> um, so are you, Gomez, you're Mexican. Uh, I am. 
mom and dad? So my father, my father, my, it's a long story, but my dad is Mexican. Yeah. El Paso, Texas. It, are you first generation? I am first generation. Uh, so, and so you're and both your mom and dad are from Mexico. So my dad, my mom is uh, from Bolivia. Okay. And your dad's from Mexico. Yes, sir. Well, no, he's from El Paso, Texas. But I thought you said you're first generation. I guess that would right. That would make me second generation. So first generation on your mom's side. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm first generation on my dad's side. Second generation. And then was your is your mom set? Is your was your mom first generation? My mom. I mean, sorry, was your dad first generation? He was. His, his parents came from Mexico. Yes. And um, how did they meet? Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. <laughs> never are really, they still, are I, they still alive? Yeah. Yeah. They stay, they're still together. They live together in California. Oh uh, shit. That's amazing. Uh, yep. I'm actually going to be flying out there after the fight, hopefully to see them. I've, it's been a year since I've seen them. Holy cow. That's amazing. Are you going with your family to see him? You going with your daughter? I'm going to go with my daughter probably. So I have a I have a daughter Alexis she's ten and I have my son Andrew she he's uh he's six and then my wife Caroline so we made the trip last year during COVID uh, December of twenty twenty or so it would have been twenty 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 was the last time we saw them holy shit yeah dude it was wild that was oh, scary and where where do they live who your your parents where in California Marietta okay the oh, I it, is that where you were born and raised? I was raised in Marietta. I was born in Fairfax, Virginia. In Marietta, that's I'm trying. I know there were some people who used to um, work at CrossFit in that area. Marietta's by what was you said another town over there? It's kind of like a motorcycle town. It's where all the moto. Where? Temecula. Yeah, Temecula. So were you a motocross kid? No, I was not. <laughs> no. I. Oh. I wrestled in high school and then I just partied and I, I joined the Marine Corps when I was 18, man. So I was kind of out of there. Why did you join the Marine Corps? Dad was a Marine, career Marine, 28 years. So you knew? Oh, yeah. Do you have siblings? I do. I have three older brothers and an older sister. Oh, shit. How, um, so you when did you start fighting? Like just uh, like when you were four, like by fighting, I mean just like when was it like you just knew like oh like this one fights. Uh, I I got in a lot of fights in elementary school, like no, nah, I would I would say middle school, like seventh and eighth grade, ninth grade, a lot of street fighting, right? And then why? What? Why? I just, I mean, it was the nineties, dude. You yeah. Know? People were mad dogging. You needed to fucking check them. Right. You know? So just like some dude looking at you in the high school, what you looking at? What you looking at? What you look? Okay. And then you had to kind of throw down to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Bigger. And. uh, But yeah, that was, that was like when flat bills, like, so I, I graduated high school. I'm 49. I graduated high school in 90 and right in my senior year, all these freshman kids started coming in and like all the gangster shit. Like we listened to NWA, but we didn't think we were gangsters. We listened to two life crew. We didn't think we were gangsters. But then all of a sudden, the freshman class came in in 1990. That's probably the class of 94. Th- those motherfuckers were like wearing flat bills and started bringing guns to school. And it was like, <laughs> shit, this, this class could beat up our senior class. It got, just got weird. It got weird so quick. It was like the whole stigma, you know what I mean, of just 
wanting to be tough and, and yeah. stuff. But <clears throat> so shout out to uh, John Vandenberg. He was my study skills teacher class. Uh, who he was also one of the, one of the P, uh, one of the PE coaches. That sounds like one of the class the bad kids were in, by the way. Study skills class. Well, that's like was that class for you to just do your homework, so you didn't have to do that shit when you got home. So I was yeah. like all about it, and uh, he got me onto the wrestling team, and that's how my adventure into combat sports came to fruition. So uh, yeah, so I once you started wrestling, did it temper your street fighting? No, nah, I think it just no. made more efficient. Okay. I but like don't get me wrong, like I, I didn't I didn't go looking for fights, but I, I like I was if you were at the mall and someone talked shit, like you would I, just fight there in the footlocker. Dude, I was a skinny Mexican kid that you know <laughs> black that people fucking discriminated against here and there, and I fucking didn't stand for it. I'd slap him around, you know what I mean? And uh <clears throat> and yeah, so I started wrestling and then from wrestling I joined the Marine Corps, and then from the Marine Corps, I, I tried the whole McMap thing, and I was a little disappointed just because my unit at the time wasn't really pushing it. And so I Wait, got what's that? What's McMap? Marine Corps Martial Arts Program. Okay. Is that like a brown belt or something? Like you get your brown belt? You get your tan belt. Tan belt, yeah. Yeah. I think it was like tan, gray, green. Is there a brown and then a black? Yeah, I think brown there was and a... black. I just looked at it. Yeah, brown and black. Yeah. Where are those at? Look at those bad, those bad motherfuckers, dude. So you tried to start that up in your, you call it your unit? Uh, no. So like once you get out of school, like, you know, you go to uh, boot camp, then you come out and either you go SOI or you go MCT and then you, you get out and you go to your MOS school. Then you get to the fleet, right? The fleet Marine Force. Then you uh, you get to a unit. You get assigned. You get orders to a unit. So they say, hey, report to fucking, you know, 514 or MWSS 273 or fucking 22 or, you know, 312. And you hop on a plane and you report in in service office and you freaking start doing your job. And uh, the unit that I was with at the time was getting ready to push to Iraq. So it was like we literally got boots on the ground. February, we pumped to Iraq in August. So it was just like right off the yeah. ground. Hey, you're deploying, get your shit together, sign your fucking will, kiss your family goodbye and go. So you got legit on the job training. Yeah, legit. And your first deployment was for how nine they were both for nine months each or yeah, nine months each. And and where did you try to start the martial arts group within your unit? Well, I mean every, over there or here. Is it you're, is it like a separate tech school for you, like another, like another school you can go to, like going to airborne school. Like you're just McMap. like, Hey, I want to go to McMap. Yeah. So there's like the McMap instructor trainer courses that you can go to. And like you, they're accelerated and like you get your red stripe. And uh, that means you can like make instructors. So like if you're a black belt then you can promote or you can, it's like martial arts belts. Like if you're a black belt, then you can promote anybody. But if you're a green belt, then you, you can only promote, a tan belt to gray and then maybe oh. either they're green. So, uh, but like the instructor trainer courses in Quantico, Virginia, that's a legit school that you go to. And, uh, like there's, there's boats or, uh, boat spaces and all that stuff for all, for those schools. Um, 
but no. So I, I forgot your first question. I was, you got to give me one second. My question was, um, uh, I'm going to go pee, pee out the door here. Um, I was going to ask you about wh where you tried to start that school up at. Like if it was you starting it, wasn't one that second, but you can talk to Caleb. I'll be right back. Yeah. So it wasn't that I was trying to start the school. It was just not a priority. It's like, it's like annual training. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's stuff you're supposed to do on a regular basis, but it's like one of those things that doesn't get done. Getting ready for the deployment priority than fucking McMap sustainment training. You know, it's like your readiness training and you're not doing it when you're like, Hey, I got to work up for a deployment kind of thing. Exactly. What do you do? Uh, I'm a med. I'm like a medic, so like a corpsman for you guys. Okay. Uh, that's I'm just in the Air Force basically, and I just work in a clinic, man. Like I don't do a whole lot of anything. Um, I tried initially to get into like the special warfare portion of the Air Force. Uh, I mm -hmm. got disqualified like right out of basic, um, and I was like, well, you make me a medic, or I'm just gonna. Because I guess there's a clause in our contract that says if you don't get a chance to try special warfare, then you can either you can get out or you can pick another job. And I just got lucky enough to get the job I wanted. And so I'll take Dude, it. That's and see what we can oh, man. Stefan, if you don't mind me asking, what experience from post OPF Fallujah 2 did you face that impacted fatherhood? Do you have a different perspective now as the war unfolds in Ukraine versus Iraq? Oh, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're gonna we're gonna come back to it. Great question, Dylan. We'll we'll come right back to it. Dylan, save your fucking money, dude. I really appreciate it, though. You are fucking amazing. I love you. The rest of you, give me your money. Um. Uh. So 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 you deploy and um. Do you see combat over there? Like, are you deployed into a war? What was going on in two thousand five? Yeah, man, it was pretty crazy over there while we we're going over. Uh, while we were overseas, our first tour. I was part of an instant response platoon and, and we were outside the wire every single day, you know, uh, getting shot at was something that happened on a regular occurrence while you're you, it's most of the times you didn't even know it was happening. It happened so quickly. You know, there was a couple of times that I distinctly remember like being parked on top of a mountain pulling security for uh, a water treatment facility and dudes were just coming by and shooting rounds and like in between the mountain passes and it, it, it happened so quick, you didn't have time to react. And then uh, there were a couple IED attacks that attacked our convoy. Luckily, we didn't lose anybody. Nobody got hurt. So the danger was real out there, man. Would you would, like you would be somewhere and you would hear shooting and then like literally like you could see where the bullets were hitting, like in like in the movie shit? Uh, I mean, it, the movie shit is the movie shit. Like, you know, it's not Hollywood like that. Uh, you like it was during the daytime that people would just take <clears throat> shots and you would you would hear it and then you'd see the dirt kicking up behind the vehicle, but you're going 40 miles an hour. You know what I mean? And I saw Did you guys ever shoot back? Did did you ever get in any gunfights when you were there? There was uh <laughs> there's a there's a lot of stuff that I'm not really ready to talk about that happened while we're over there. Right. In so uh yeah. Well, um, when you say so – I'm, I'm not prying. I mean I'm not, I'm not prying for you to tell the story. When you say you're not ready to talk about it, it's um, it's it's because it's emotional? Illegal? I think it's – what we did over there was meant for the boys that were over there and that we did it. Right. You know I mean? It's just – 
it's just this, I, I'm I'm extremely proud. There was nothing illegal that happened. I don't want it to to come off like that. It's just it just is what it is. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not gonna get a book deal and write a book right after you get back and retire out of Marine Corps. Yeah, I just I'm extremely proud to have done what I did with my guys over there, but. That's kind of where I just want to leave it. Do you think about it every day, your journey over there? All the time. It definitely shaped me as, a, as to be the man that I am now. You what know? kind of dog do you have? <laughs> I have a pug. I have a pug. He's like half pug, half. He's not a puggle, but he's something different and he's thirsty. <laughs> will, will your son go to the Marines, Joey? I hope not. Hope he joins the Air Force. Oh, okay. But you do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got it good over here. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> oh man, it was hard. It was harder than necessary. But we got I, golf like, courses it. at our bases. So, <laughs> um, I, I'm not even sure I understand Dylan's question. What experience from post OPF? What's OPF mean? You know, I'm not sure. I know there's OIF and OEF operation. Okay. Freedom Operation Iraqi Freedom. Maybe he, he might just be talking about a specific mission, I guess, uh, like Operation Fallujah, maybe. Yeah. And I'm not sure what he means. A different perspective now is the war. So, what what are your thought? What are your thoughts um, it, it, about this current situation that we're having with Ukraine? Do you have Do you have an opinion on it? Do you follow it? I've been so consumed with the fight. Like we were talking about like being obsessed, man. My, my poor wife. I'm like, hey, babe, I woke up this morning. I was 147.3 and I freaking ate, hiccup and farted. And now I'm 147.3. <laughs> yes. So like I haven't been like I've been seeing what Tim Kennedy's been posting and, you know, uh, Marcus Luttrell. Uh, who's the other guy that I follow? You fucking killed Baghdad or uh, Osama bin Laden. Rob O'Neill. Like all those dudes have been freaking posting a ton of stuff and, and like uh, just of what's going on over there. And, you know, it's it's tragic. It's crazy. I don't know how I feel about it, man. Like, but at the at the same time, like if, if we went to fucking war with Russia, like I would be I would be going back and and volunteering my services at whatever capacity I could, because that's a that's going to be a real fucking war. You know what I mean? That'll be a war that has the potential to come to our doorstep that we would need to be prepared to, to fight for our way of life. You know, if, if Russia decided, I mean, didn't they make a fucking movie about this? What was it? Wolverine? Yeah. Red Dawn. Red, Red Dawn. Dawn. I think right. they made it like there was an old school one when I was a kid. There was an old school one when I was a kid. Yeah. 1984. Savon. <laughs> was that the year it was made? 1984? Yes. Wolverines. Hey, isn't it so weird that like, <laughs> isn't it so weird that some of the stuff that people have been worried about over the last five years that like we've heard brought up to the forefront of like people's concerns and then, and, and, and then there's this, there's like, <sighs> oh my God, look at that. Look at that. Oh, is that, is that Patrick Swayze? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. And he looks puffy as shit. I don't even remember how that, um, how that movie ended. Bruce Wayne, thank you for your service. Wad Zombie, fine. That means like, here, here's two bucks, fine. Like, fuck you, here's your two bucks. Is that what that means? Like, fine, here. <laughs> um, w w You say that um, 
you alluded, you more than alluded to, you said that there could, there's going to be another fight after this fight. H- how, so where are you in your fight career? Are you going, you're going at it again? Like you're not taking it one fight at a time, really? You're like, well, I mean, I know you're taking it one fight at a time, but you're like, okay, I'm a fighter again. This isn't like, yeah, how did you get this fight? We, we still haven't gotten to that. How do you get uh, this fight? And shouldn't, isn't it a bad idea to fight dudes with the, with OV as their last names, like Nurma Gamenov and like any, like, and he's Russian. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The real, real though, for real, for real. I heard, I heard fucking Vlad's a pretty cool dude. You know what I mean? And I tell people all the time, I don't have to hate you to fight. I gotta fucking fight. You know what I mean? I fight my mom for a pizza box. There you go. But, uh, hold on one second. Oh, that's a cool shot. Look at down the, into that living room right there. <sighs> Someone didn't pay the electricity bill. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I have, I have. That doesn't even look like you. I made that as the hold for YouTube for this interview. And then afterwards I'm like, fuck, that might not even be him. And I took it down and I found another picture of you. That's you. Yeah, man. That's me. Yeah. Look at that beard. You look 10 years younger in this interview than in there. (laughs) Dude, the beard is. The beard adds 10 years, bro. It's not even, that's why I shaved it. I, that picture came out. I was like, dude, fuck this. I shaved up real quick. Had to make myself look presentable. Put a turban on you. It might look Afghani. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, he, he doesn't even look Mexican. He almost looks like Cuban or some <laughs> shit. Like he should have a cigar in his mouth. They say all the time to me in Iraq, like, Gomez, go, like, you know, go talk to the fucking Iraqis. You look, you know, <laughs> get in with them. I was like, fuck you guys. Salam alaikum. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Um. Oh. Oh. Here he's saying. Uh, d- uh. Operation Phantom Fury, second battle at Fallujah. Were you there for that? I was not. That was. I think that was like two deployments before we got on deck. We were. We came on deck during like during the surge. Right when there was this giant influx of like fifty five thousand boots on the ground, and we were part of that effort, and uh, we took we took part in uh, some of like of the, some of the support operations that, that were happening in the Alambar province. Uh, and we did a lot of fucking counter IED patrols, which is just like a fancy way of saying we drove 10 miles down, 10 miles an hour down the side of the road, looking for fucking disturbed dirt where somebody had planted a bomb. And did you ever find any? Oh yeah. We found them all the time. You knew what to look for. Yeah. They train you up, but. And then what do you do when you see that? You stop. <laughs> Fucking back up as soon as you can. Mark the grid coordinates and call EOD. EOD comes up with some C4 and a robot. And they drop it on there and they blow it up. Do you get to watch that? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay, back to the fighting thing. So so how so how many fight? How many? What, what's going on with you? I still don't know how you got this fight. Did we, so we, fight. I was training. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, I, I, I know enough people in the industry in the, in the area to be like, Hey man, I'm looking to have a comeback. And they're like, everybody was like, yes, let's make it happen. Initially I was supposed to fight with ammo. Uh, that fight fell through. And then, uh, Pat approached me with, uh, at CES and he was just like, Joey, let's, let's fucking do this, man. He's like, come on, man. Like, you know, great platform, you know, great opponent, you know, he's game. I think he, if I remember correctly, look him up real quick. I don't Quebec, Quebec, Vladimir Kobeskov or, I think he's number 20 in Canada and number five in his district. So like the dude's fucking legit. It's a good fight. 
And uh, yeah, keep scrolling. You'll see the rankings. Yeah, right there. So he's number five in his district, number 24 in Canada. So like, I'm not fighting a fucking bum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This dude is, I'm going, I, I was fighting at the world scene or, or the world-class level, and I'm fighting another world-class opponent after six years, or I'm sorry, five years uh, of, 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 not comp, of not competing. But uh, yeah, so Pat reached out to me. I was just like, let's do it, man. You know, I looked him up. It's going to be a good fucking sick, tough fight, and uh, I'm excited for it. I'm going to get a chance to press myself. Um, you're, Do you know who James Krause is? I do know James. Oh, I know her the name. He's a legendary. He's a legend in the sport. He's a good coach. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of doing, um, I mean, he's been, he's been fighting for a fucking long time and I think he, he has something crazy going on. I think James is like, James Krause might be undefeated at like his last seven fights or something weird like that in the 171 class. But but he's but he's not a fighter. He's like I'll fight you, but I'm like like he he'll be at the UFC thing like with one of his dudes. He's got in the ring, and then like a fight will open up, and he'll take it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like um, you're kind of in that. You're getting into that area, right? You are, and especially when you win this, you're going. Will you do both? Continue to coach and fight. So that goes back to something that I was going to say earlier, which is really neat. Uh, and it's that energy when you're, when your coach is fighting, um, there's just something, there's some sort of magic in the room. And uh, so like I grew up, uh, I was introduced into the sport of MMA underneath Masen Corbray. And then I moved back to California and I started training with Dan Henderson at a team quest. Wow. So I was in the room with fucking savages from like 20, I think I was 22 when I moved back to like when my daughter was born, I was like 25, 26. So getting to that kind of exposure at that level, like Dan Henderson was a, is an Olympic, you know, Greco Roman Olympian, you know, Terry Soju did his thing in pride. Tarek Safferdine had a crazy run in strike force, you know, uh, Frank, you know, Frank Lester from the ultimate fighter, tough nine, Richie Whitson, same season, Jesse Taylor, like these are huge names in the sport, and these are the guys that taught me how to fight. So then I uh, come over here. I forgot. And did you come out? And you came over here for a woman? Yeah, yeah. We lived out in California for three years, and she wasn't having it. And uh, I, I broke my ankle getting ready for a fight, so I jumped back into the Marine Corps to get the surgery. But uh, the price for the surgery was I had to deploy one more time. So I. Deployed. Oh shit! No shit. So I deployed with one fucking leg and then, uh, and like, wait a second. So now we got two stories going here. The story you were telling is we were going to talk about when, when your coach fights the energy there, but, but wait, but before you do, before you do that, Oh, that's dope. (laughs) Is that the cast from your ankle? No, it's actually my son's cast. Oh, oh, good. Fine though, Caleb. Good. (laughs) Fine. Um, so, so tell me about this. So you were in the Marine Corps for four years and you were going to get out, but you had to have surgery. So you did another three and a half, you four, three and a half years till you could get the ankle surgery in another deployment. So no. So what I did was I got, I did my four in the Marine Corps, got out, moved back, was going to school on the, on the post nine eleven, uh-huh. And then in the summertime, I would jump into the IR. I jump out of the IRR and go to my reserve unit for three months during the summer because there was no summer school and I would get paid doing that. Right. So school would start up. I dropped back into the IRR 
go to school, get paid, fight, train, so on and so forth, business as usual. Broke my leg getting ready for a fight. Uh, Madi Baghdad fucking broke my leg, that son of a bitch. And uh, You should just call him Madi D-Bag. <laughs> so, uh, what was I saying? About about so about, so so then you had to go back. So then yeah. they had to deploy. To, they're like you're like, hey, I need to get the surgeon. They're like, go ahead and deploy, and we'll get it for you. It was like that. They're like, we got a deployment coming up in in uh, with Oscar Battery. This is when I was at uh, five fourteen, uh, and they're like, they're getting ready to go on a UDP. If you jump, if you if you go on this UDP, they needed uh, NCOs. Then we'll will prove your tricircus like fucking surgery. I was like, oh. When you went on your UDP, did you tell your girlfriend that she should take out her IUD? <laughs> <laughs> I want to play with some acronyms too. What the fuck is going on here is IRR is UDP. Yeah. Okay. Unit, so, unit deployment program, UDP. So, so, so you did your, your, as a reserve unit, your reserve unit deployed? Yes. Yeah, wow. And then, and then, and then you did, and then, and then, and then you were there another nine months. Now, and they gave you the surgery when you came back? What's that? They gave you the surgery when you came back? No, no. Surgery was... Uh, surgery was right before the deployment. It was oh, like... so you're on crutches and shit when you're there. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure if you if you go... If you scroll my Instagram, I think I got a rifle stack with my crutches in there. And there's a couple Damn. of uh, pictures with me in fucking desert digis with the cats <laughs> fucking around on a truck trying to fix a truck. Do your parents trip when you deploy? Or did they? Oh, and my mom was a mess, dude. My my poor mother. I've been stressing her out since I was born. What Do they know you're fighting on Friday? Yeah, my parents know. Or is your dad pumped for you? Yeah, my dad's fucking stoked. He's my biggest fan. So is my mom. They How about your three brothers and your sister? Uh everybody's super excited that I'm fighting. You know what I mean? They all they all it gives them something to rally for, you know what I mean? It gives them something to cheer for. And uh you know, I'm putting it on the line for the family. And uh I, think, I definitely think it everybody surprised. You know what I mean? Going out there at that level. Yeah, um, we're, you're breaking up super bad. Can you hear me? Yeah. I wonder what happened. Like a bird, a bird landed on your antenna on yeah. your roof or something. A seagull. Can you hear me? Uh kind of. It sounds like you deployed. Nah. You try to leave and come back? Sure, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. He's in... Uh, um, You can just hang up and then click the same link. You want to do that, Joey? Yeah, do that. Yeah. He turned into a robot. This is getting kind of bad. Sounds like he, got, he forgot to pay his Wi-Fi bill and his power bill. <laughs> oh no, his Wi-Fi went to shit. Bruce Wayne. 
Monday night, we're doing a show with uh, Angelo DeChico. We had him on the podcast from the uh, Mayhem Empire, uh, Brian Friend from the unfriendly state of Illinois. Um, and we're going to do a recap of the Open. I, didn't, I, mean, I, didn't, I need to watch the Open shit. I heard that they're saying that it's Dave's workout, but I know it's not Dave's workout, so that should be fun to... Uh, New Hampshire internet shuts. New Hampshire shuts its internet off at ten four. Yeah, it's part of the censorship, right? I mean, it makes perfect sense. Part of the uh, censorship over there. It's the swing state, and um, that's gonna be fun. Uh, we have Dalton uh, Muscle White on. Uh, that is on uh, Monday morning. That's gonna be a great show. I think the guy at one point weighed as much as five hundred fifteen pounds and has dropped to as light as two fifteen. Um, uh, it's gonna be cool hearing his story, uh, and then tomorrow morning, oh shit, eleven hours and fifteen minutes from now, we're gonna have Facundo on. Uh, he's one of the coaches over at the Mayhem Empire. We're gonna find out what's going on with Samuel Cornwaye. I heard uh, Saxon has left the stable and headed over to uh, Proven uh, with missing an O, where Tia Claire Toomey's training. But what you really don't want to miss is Zoe, Zoe Harcombe on Tuesday. Probably one of the smartest women alive. She should actually be the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. And I'm not even joking. Oh, much better. Not much better. Much better. Can you hear me, Joey? I catch you guys. Oh, nice. I had to plug in my phone too. <clears throat> um, is there a is there is there a pl- is there a plan with this guy? So so you fight on Friday, you go in there, and is there a plan? Yeah, man, I'm just gonna do you remember Stay how to trade. fight? I know that sounds like a <laughs> fucked up question, but like, no, there's that's actually a really like deep question. Like, there's a lot that happens with competition, and you know, there's a lot of little tricks of the trade that happen when you're in the cage. And you know, I'm I'm ready. My fight IQ is there. My my conditioning is there. My timing is there. Everything's there, man. You know, I I was great. I was lucky that my first six professional fights, I had six first round knockouts. My total cage time was 11 minutes for six fights. You know, so I never took a lot of damage. And, uh, you know, the Rob Font fight, I, I was that was a TKO loss. I argue that assumption. I, I would have let it go a little bit longer. And then I went to a decision with Jose Quiones. So, you know, I still got my chin. I've got good cardio. I still got my youth. I haven't had any surgeries other than the one on my ankle. Uh, I'm good, man. I'm gonna just go fucking touch this dude. See what happens. Yeah, this is fucking exciting. Um, what? And you're in such a different place here. In, in a way, it's a good thing, right? Because um, you are financially miles ahead. Your family is like established. Your kids are like old enough to where they can wipe their own ass. Like your wife knows exactly. you. You have a crazy great team around you. But they also say is that fighters get older and they have kids and they got a little coin in their pocket. They get soft. But sure. it is it is really cool what you said about having your chin because after you fought Font, then to go the distance because you see dudes like Luke Rockhold who you think are going to be UFC champions and then they get hit once and then like that, that then just every people are just knocking him out cold like every time he goes in there right so um it's exciting did do you think you got soft at all like with kids and too much huggy huggy with your daughter and like no i'm no. i'm a hard ass for sure dude like i was raised in the marine corps you know what i mean like i was You're na- you like old. being nasty you you like it uh 
I'm good at it. You're good you at it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so as far as being nasty in a cage, it's like I think I have a different mindset when it comes to, to fighting. Some guys go in there to compete, like legit compete. Like it, it's a competition. Like I'm going in there to fuck you up. Like that's just how I do things. And that's how I was raised, you know. Like think of a dog. Like grabbing a dog's face and just fucking shaking it all the time, and that's yeah. kind of what they do to you in the military. And they're like, "Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready?" Are you like, Wah! and then you go, and then you come back, and then twenty four hours later, you're back in the states, and then you freak the fuck out, and they're like, "Oh, what? What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "Uh, n- n- I mean, twenty four hours ago, I was in fucking Ramadi getting in gunfights, and now I just beat the shit out of some dude in South Carolina. I don't know what to fucking tell you." Right. So, um. That's kind of my mentality going into a fight. Like I, I because I've been to war, I kind of equate the two as the same, you know. So different mentality going in there. One, two. Uh, no, I don't think I've gotten soft. I think if anything, I've gotten harder. Uh, my expectations are high for my kids, and my expectations are high for myself. And now, you know, I'm going out there and I'm going to walk the walk. I've been talking the talk for six years, five years, telling my guys, if you want to be successful, this is what you got to do. You know, if you're going to, if you do X, Y, and Z in a fight, you're going to be successful. So now we're going to go put, you know, metal to meat and see what the fuck happens. You know, so pressure, no pressure. It, it's not even about pressure. I know how to fight, man. I know I know how to fight. The only thing I got to do is not gas out. The fighting will take care of itself. You know? Yeah, well, you look healthy as fuck. Are you healthy as fuck? Is your engine good? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm in the best shape of my I got a fucking eight-pack, and I'm 35 years old, dog. Like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. It's crazy. And, but, and, uh, and who does – let's see let's you have an impressive win in this fight. What happened – what does CES stand for? Classic Entertainment Sports. Okay. Um, and then what – and then and – then, all of a sudden, you're on the map again, right? You knock this guy out, put him to sleep. I've had, I've happens. had that thought too. I know. Where and you're then, going. and then, what happens if, like, in four weeks, you get a call from the UFC and they said, "Hey, we had a guy come out. We're gonna, we got we got a four fight deal man. for you to come in and take this fight." Then what happens? Then we fucking roll those dice, dude. You know what I mean? When the UFC calls, you answer. Right. And you know what better way to end a career? You know, even if I did, I don't know. You know, I wouldn't say no to the opportunity. That's for goddamn sure. You know, and I would love know, it if the, you beat this dude and then went to the UFC and smashed Sean O'Malley. Oh, dude. <laughs> O'Malley is a fucking big name, too, right now. Oh, my God. He's huge. He's yeah. huge. He's huge. Do you smoke weed? Uh, I don't. You don't? I don't. Uh, yeah. The, the, the weed smoking is a little out of hand in, in the, with all the UFC guys, I think. <laughs> I think they're just smoking a little too much weed. I think he's smoking a little too much weed, Mr. O'Malley. You don't seem like you smoke weed. I had Alex Caceres on here. Great dude, by the way. Do you know who yeah. that is? Uh, yeah, uh, dude. The Bruce yeah. Leroy. Yeah. And this motherfucker, the podcast starts, and he's got like a, a, a like one of those really nice uh, thick paper plates. You know, the kind like you, you're like when you buy them at the store, you're like, man, these are expensive. You know what I mean? <laughs> but they're the thick ones. And but, but you don't, you know, you're going to be serving something heavy, like four hot dogs on each plate. And, um, he has that plate, and the podcast starts, and he's kicking back, and it's just this big old pile of weed, and he's just rolling a big old blunt. He's like, yo, what's up, dude? 
<laughs> 40 minutes into the podcast, he's so stoned he can't communicate with me. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to have him back on, though, because he's got a fight coming up. So I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I hope that wasn't Is too Is he still fighting in the UFC? Dude. Hey, will you bring up his – you're going to trip on this. Will you bring up his uh, topology or sure dog? Or is he in one FC? He's in the UFC. What was the name he's again? On a, he's on a fight. Uh, Alec. Uh, Al- Caceres? A-L- yeah, Caceres. Yeah. It's a it's – a, uh, I always spell it wrong. C-A-C-E-R-E-S or something. Yep. He's on, he's on a five-fight win streak, dude. Really? Yeah, it's nuts. And he has like 17 losses and shit. He, I bet you he has 40 fights. It's, dude, he's, yeah, he's fighting, he might be the longest dude in the UFC right now. He might have something crazy like that. Okay, 19 and 12. Five fight win streak. Dude. He fights good. And he's 33 years old, bro. Look at that. Yeah, he fights good. Man, he yeah, deserves a one in front of that six for all the fights he's done. Yeah, he, he looks stoned right there. Yeah, he's, he's a stoner. <laughs> he's such a stoner. He's gonna. I think he might be vegan too. I can't remember. I have to go back and look at the interview. Who the fuck was that? Was it Andy? No, Andy Wang was was Ultimate Fighter like five, and he was vegan. No, what that? What's fucking Mac Danzig was vegan? He was Ultimate Fighter. Matt Sarah. Oh, he was Matt Hughes. Yeah, he was like one of the first vegan fighters. He doesn't look vegan anymore. He looks a uh, uh, human growth hormone. Now. Oh, that's right. Danzig <laughs> is out there in fucking SoCal, huh? I don't know. When you say Danzig, I just think of that song, Mother. I don't know who Danzig is. I know who Matt Sarah oh. is, though. You know that song, yeah. Mother, by Danzig? You remember the band, Danzig? Maybe, maybe not. I don't. Oh. It's a great song. You should listen to it. It's called Mother. Oh, God, do you think Mother. we could play that or we would get this pulled Mother. down? Mother. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, I do know that song. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what is what is do do you know your walkout song? I haven't picked it yet. I'm I'm on a toss up between two. Uh, I was gonna do the uh, "Beautiful Dan" by G Easy, or mm-hmm. uh, the other one was I can't remember the other one now off the top of my head. Oh shit. Oh fuck! It's only took my tongue. Give me a second. We can talk about something else, and then it'll come back. Ian Dior. It's Ian Dior. Fuck! Now it's gonna drive me crazy, dude. And Joe Prospect. Ian oh. Dior Prospect. Wow. Um, I'm ex- so March fourth, four p.m. Pacific Standard Time, seven p.m. Eastern Time. Fighting a dude UFC from Canada. Yep, through UFC Fight Pass. Down, I watch it on Apple TV. Download the app. Watch it on Apple TV. It's nine ninety nine. It's worth it. Now we all know who Joey Gomez is. We spent an hour and twenty six minutes with him. Be fucking stupid not to go spend another fifteen minutes with him. It's, it's three five minute rounds. I'm gonna try to get it done in the first. But yeah, it's, it's three, one five, five minute round. Uh, no, no, but 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 you can watch some other guys fight too. We want them to get their money's worth for nine ninety nine. Absolutely. It's going to be 12 <laughs> other fights on the card as well. And a, uh, a world title fight as well. Andre Sukumtoff, another UFC vet, is going to be fighting. Hey, will you stay? Do you stay after the fight? You'll stay and watch the rest of the fights? I'll be watching Sukumtoff's fight for sure. And do you come out to do that or do you watch it from back in, in the back? 
you can come out. I'll probably come. I'm definitely going to come out and mingle with everybody from the gym that's coming to support and all my, you know, all the fans and, you know, just to network, rub elbows, shake hands, kiss babies, the whole thing, dude. Yeah. Will your wife go? Oh, yeah. My kids are going to be there. That's oh, shit. Yeah, man. This will be the first time that my kids will be at one of my fights. So it's going to be fucking wild. Hey, have you ever watched one of those fights? It's like, um, uh, I don't know if it's, I, I just assume it's in Russia because I can't, or, or maybe South America <laughs> somewhere, but it's a cage and there's dudes fighting in there and around the cage is just tables, VIP tables. They're pushed up against the cage and like you're watching the fight and there'll be like little kids playing underneath the tables while dudes are just, have you ever seen footage like that? And dudes are just getting mashed. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like, I mean, ground I and pound it. it's nuts. It's like that the local fights in like, like a hotel. What? They're like local fights in hotels. Yeah. Or behind a strip club in fucking downtown right. San Diego. Hey, I would, uh, your, your son will cry guaranteed, right? Uh, Win or lose. Yeah. No, man. My kids have oh. grown up in the gym. They, you know what wow. I mean? My, both my kids do jujitsu. You know, both my kids kickbox. Uh, they're more my daughter plays, you know, softball, basketball, and soccer. My son plays soccer, uh, basketball, and, and t ball right now. So, like, sports is just what we do. Um, my kids do all that too, but like, if I like my, do you know what a one wheel is? No, it's basically like this it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a motorized. It's a board that has a wheel in the center of it. And it's oh, yeah, yeah. And you stand on it. So my son has one of those, and I got on it, and my two five-year-olds start crying. And I go, and I get off. I'm like, what's up? They're like, we don't want you to hurt yourself. You're old. <laughs> like, For sure. Like, if I got hurt, my daughter would cry. She's super sensitive. And she she's very mother hen. Nervous Nelly. What is that? Is that what they call it? Nervous Nelly. Mother hen. Yeah, Mother nervous hen. Nelly works. I like it. That's like a cabbage patch kid. There you go. Well, um, I'm looking forward to talking to you again. I hope you mash this guy. We're all going to be watching. Um, I appreciate it, man. I know it's 10. Uh, oh, shit. It's 11 o'clock. I really yeah. appreciate your time, dude. I, I, honestly, it's so cool you did this. Um, Absolutely. I'm glad to be on here, man. This is cool. Yeah. Do you ever do you do any CrossFit? Uh, a little bit. I kind of have my own routines that I have, mainly strength and conditioning, a lot of Olympic lifts, explosive movements. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. Yeah, All right. Man. Well, we, we got lots more to talk about. Um, and, and I'll be in touch after your fight. Absolutely, man. You guys have a good night. Thanks for having me on the podcast, huh? My pleasure, dude. Thank you.